And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Thanks for joining us today on Raider Nation Radio. Hopefully you're listening on 920 in Vegas and on that mobile app or your Computer at home, just go to Raiders.com, click on the radio. Easy to do it on your mobile app. You know, I've said this before. I've never seen anything work in my career in radio, 25 years. Show me guys doing it as long as I have, and I've never seen this ever work right with streaming and listening live. It never works. I've been doing this longer than anybody. never works until now. We finally have the perfect vehicle to listen to radio in your car, on your phone, just by having it on your phone. Because I heard about this 10 years ago. Oh, the shows are going to move to your phone. You're a consultant. You don't know crap. You've never done a radio show. You don't know how to do a radio show. You sit in a suit in an office. You don't know what we do. Don't tell me about how radio is going to go from the radio station to an app. And it's going to happen. It's not going to happen in my lifetime. I don't care. I can't see the finish line yet, but soon I will. And hopefully maybe all radio shows will be on a phone. It took the Las Vegas Raiders to click us and connect us with this radio station on their mobile app. Now I got a national radio show with the Raiders. Wow, that's a nice bonus. So I don't have to sit around in Vegas all day waiting for Raider fans to call because I know they're there and they do call. But I want the Sacramento Raider fans. I want the L.A. Raider fans. I want the London and the Florida and the New York Raider fans. Why? Because it strokes my ego. And ego drives radio, and you got to have an ego or you're not going to make it in this business. So if you're listening on the app anywhere, this is your home. The portal is me and Bobby today in studio. I got out of the house today. I walked a dog this morning. It was so nice. I said, I'm going to go to the studio today. I'm here. I picked up my coffee at Coffee Bean. I got a great day in front of me. I got family coming to town this weekend. My wife's family. We got a big weekend. We're going to be at the Bolitnikoff Crab Feed on Friday night. I'm going to the Black Hole Tailgate on Sunday in dedication to Black Hole Rob, our good friend who passed away. More on that. And some cool things. I think I'm going to go to Chef Barry's or One Steak at Virgin. I'm going to get out this week, and I'm going to celebrate 4-2. and two. Right? I'm going to celebrate bleeping 4-2 and two heading into the bye week. Because if we can't enjoy this moment in a pandemic with COVID and restrictions in the locker room and all the problems we still have in this country with sports, when are we going to do it? Got to do it now here locally. I'm excited about it. And I'll also go to the SG bar and have a cold, cold beer at some point today if all goes right. Uh, head to any of PT's Tavern 64 plus here in the Valley. They have the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Think of that. Two great happy hours. One at happy hour time, 5 to 7. And then when the industry gets off, you can go there midnight to 2. Drive responsibly, drive safe. The Uber from the SG bar to my house is under, still under $3. So the tip is much more than the Uber, which I like there. All right, where do you want to get going? Here's where I'd like to go today. I need your help with the game plan. Need your help with this Philadelphia game plan because I did a lot of prep this morning, and I don't like what I see. I don't like what I see. This is the Bears game again identically, and the Raiders were not prepared. They didn't show up for the Bears. So the alarm's going off. Okay, the bat light's going up here. I need the Raider Nation help here. 
How do you stop a team that's two and four that has a young quarterback who likes to run first, run the RPO, throw second, and then they got good players on both sides of the ball? I mean, really good players on both sides of the ball. They get one of the best offensive linemen back from depression and anxiety. Lane Johnson is back, depending on how football shape ready he is to go. He's a really good right tackle and a good player. And then on the defense, they have Fletcher Cox at defensive tackle, who is going to be a nightmare, an absolute nightmare for Andre James up front, period. I mean, good luck with this. So the pressure for Carr up the middle is very concerning to me because the pressure for Carr up the middle from Chicago and Mack and Quinn off the edge just took the Raiders completely out of the game. What can't the Raiders do well? What can't the Raiders do well? So far, they can't pass protect great or really well against a really elite defense. Now, I'm not saying Philadelphia has an elite defense, but it's in the ballpark, in the ballpark of the scheme that we've seen for the last couple of weeks with the defensive line trying to get it done on their own with limited blitzing. The four four teams in the NFL that blitz the least amount, the Raiders and the Eagles are in that group of four. So what the Eagles do with their base 4-3 is they want to get home with the guys they got. And then on the back end, they have Darius Slay at cornerback, who's pretty good. And I think their safeties are okay, especially Harris, the free safety. So they got players who can play and make plays. So I think the Raiders are the better team. And how many rosters are the Raiders better than? You know, that was a big criticism of the Raiders by the talking heads in the national media who don't like the Raiders. They tell you, well, this roster isn't any good. Mayock and Gruden, man, they don't know how to develop a roster. Really? How did Casey Hayward work out, the number one rated cornerback at Pro Football Focus? Did you think he showed up to Henderson and just knocked on a window and said, hey, can I come in and play? No, they went out and got him, and he can play. How about the development of Jonathan Abram now? Going from reckless, out-of-control player, swinging and missing all over the place to cool, under control, coming off an interception. I'd like to see the linebackers show up in this game. I think this is a really important game for the Raiders linebackers because Miles Sanders, the running back, really hasn't been himself. And the Eagles are telling everybody that they're going to run the ball more. they got to take a little bit of the pressure off of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a really good kid. He went to Oklahoma. My son goes to Oklahoma. I've read up a lot about Jalen Hurts when he was at Alabama. If he was a Raider, you would love him. He's got everything. He's a character kid. First one in, last one out. The type of player you'd really root for. And he's playing a lot of games. He's already had 10 starts in his career. And he can play. But very much like Justin Fields, the playbook is very limited for him because he's so young. So it's a lot of RPOs. It's a lot of him looking at the line of scrimmage, looking for just one receiver. That would be Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. And if he's covered, then he likes to run. So what does that mean? That means that the Raider linebackers are going to have to hunt Jalen Hurts. The Raider linebackers are going to have to leave and go get Jalen Hurts. How confident are you with that? Well, Perryman's a great player this year at the top of the league in tackles. I haven't seen Littleton show up yet as a Raider, have you? I mean, he just plays, he's played okay. But have you seen Littleton play a full game where he just comes off the field and everyone's going, whoa, 
What was that? That was the guy who was brought in from the Rams to be a pro bowler here. It's another game that he's got to play really well. And then depending on who the Raiders are sliding in at the other linebacker position when Kukowski is on the field or what they're trying to do to get pressure, I think this is a big linebacker game for the Raiders. It's really a game about tackling. The pass rush we know is there. We know that the secondary has improved, correct? We're seeing better corner play. The safeties, Merrick coming off an interception, Abram coming off an interception. They're playing well. But the linebackers still concern me. And is there going to be a K.J. Wright sighting since we had him on the radio? Very good player. So those guys, I think, are going to have to have a big game because if they miss tackles, Jalen Hurts is the type of guy, if you don't tackle him at four yards, he's going to get 14. He's just big. He's too big. If he starts matching up, if Jalen Hurts gets by the linebackers, he's just too big. He's going to fall forward when he gets tackled, and he's going to pick up a lot of yards. And that's really all they have. Other than that, they don't have a lot. They traded Ertz, the, a pretty good tight end. They, they said goodbye to him to Arizona. That's a sign that they're not in it to win it all year. So they're coming into Vegas really with their last chance to do something and save their season. And I don't think they're going to catch Dallas, but here's what they were talking about this morning on some of the shows. Dallas has a hurt quarterback. Dak Prescott's got a calf injury. He couldn't play this week, most likely. When you look at Philadelphia's schedule, they believe that Las Vegas is a game they can win. They also have Denver, the Giants twice, the Jets, Washington twice. They got a lot of winnable games. They got two wins here. They got about six other games they could win. And that would get them to about eight wins. That's not bad. So if they catch a game and they win a game that they're not supposed to, like the Raiders, or, oh, I forgot, at Detroit, at Denver. If they win one of these games and then sweep the Giants and beat the Jets, my point is the Eagles have life. They are not checked out yet, and they're coming off this mini-buy because they lost to Tampa Bay 28-22 to in a game that they were supposed to be blown out, and they hung around. They really did in the fourth quarter. I went back and watched the fourth quarter. Tom Brady was concerned. I mean, Tom Brady did not, was not able to put that game away. And in that game, uh, Jalen Hurts, he only threw for 115 yards. Let me give you Hurts' game so far this year, everybody. They opened up at Atlanta. They won 32-6. Hurts had 264 yards passing. They lost to the Niners, only 17-11. They held the Niners to 17 points. Hurts had 190 yards passing. At Dallas, Hurts threw for 326. They lost. At Kansas City, Hurts threw for 387. That's not Justin Fields. That's Hurts. Then they um, won at Carolina. Carolina's not a bad team. Hurts had 198. And then they just lost to Tampa Bay, and Hurts threw for 115 yards. 115 yards. And what did Justin Fields throw for when he beat the Raiders? Get my point? So this is the Bears game with as many fans as the Bears had, which pains me, pains me to say that there's going to be 20,000 Eagle fans there at a minimum. I'm cool with it. I don't like it, but I get it. I live in Vegas. I know what Vegas is. It's not Oakland. It's not. It's Vegas, and people are going to buy tickets and get in. They do that for Bruno Mars. Okay, They do that for Guns N' Roses. They do that for Rod Stewart at the Coliseum. It's not all locals. People fly from out of the, out of the country and all over the country to come to Vegas. That's not going to change. So it really looks like the Bears game. 
So I would assume that this team would like to come out and crush this team early and put them out of their misery and then go into the bye week 5-2, and two, and the Raiders can keep their role going. So I need to know from you what do you think the key to this game is early in the week because we got a lot of interviews coming up today. I have Jeff Sherman on a points perspective with gaming a little bit later on in the show. Today's our Tuesday with Tom Flores. Coach Flores at the bottom of the hour, and Paul Gutierrez joining us, Raiders Insiders. So we got a good show lined up, and I'd like you to fill it in and come in here hard and talk about this game. Because we got a bye week coming up. I'm out of here for the week. A lot of people in town are out of here. I'd like us to go balls out this week to the end of the week and pound Philly. Philly is the only team in sports I despise. I despise everything about this team, everything. I call them the dirty, stinking, green, drunk birds. Their fans will drink, they'll party, they'll be rude, they'll be obnoxious, and they're coming to Vegas. Period. So here they come, and it's time for us to put them down. And if the Raiders get it done here, 5-2 and two would be magical. Magical. Incredible for this team to get to the bye week at 5-2. and two. Nobody had it. Nobody had it. Especially the haters out there that thought the Raiders were on the ropes a couple of weeks ago. Man, the stats on this game, the turnovers, the sacks, the three interceptions, four turnovers on the game, cars numbers, absolutely electric, throwing downfield. Man, the Raiders finally look good, and the Raiders are getting healthier. I mentioned yesterday, Cleveland's decimated. Dallas is injured. A lot of teams are getting injured now. Could the Raiders be getting healthy at the right time? Getting healthy going into the bye week. Oh, my God. Say that with me. Getting healthy going into the bye week would be fantastic for this team. Max Crosby needs rest. He needs rest. Other the, the, This offensive line, Leatherwood, okay, James, up front, Simpson, they need rest. They need a week off, and they got to go into that week, that bye week with a win. So your opinion on that as we put in the game plan, as we do for the Eagles, 702-365-9200. I know there are Eagle fans listening. Because they're texting me for tickets. They still think it's like Oakland where there's a bowl of tickets on my living room. Like, JT, can you go by the living room and grab me two for the Eagles? No, there are no tickets available. It's the highest price ticket out there. All tickets are sold. You want to get them, you got to get them on the secondary market. It's tough to get in this building. Do not sell your tickets. Lincoln Kennedy was on Facebook or something. I saw Lincoln, my guy. Man, Lincoln went off. Lincoln's like, stop this. I need Raider Nation to show up. I was reading that thread. Of course, I jumped in. I jumped in like an assassin from the church tower. I jumped in there, too. But, you know, you, you, you are consciously selling your tickets or you're not. This isn't something. I mean, if you're one of these people that are on Facebook every weekend going, I got, I got tickets to the Raiders. Hit me up directly. Best price. Really? Why'd you buy the tickets? Get rid of the tickets. Someone else will take them from you. I mean, these are the Eagles you're letting into the place. This is not the Bears. These are the Eagles, and they're coming in there. All right, I got a bunch of sound to play, but I tell you, when people call in, I get right to them. It's part of my business model. Call, and I get you on the radio as quickly as I can, including Chris in West Oakland. Hello, Chris. You got me, JT? Hello? I got you loud and clear. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay, yeah, you were right on about Lincoln Kennedy and that. You're right. Let me hit on that real quick. That's going to be the biggest disappointment in Vegas. I know the whole economics, why the Raiders moved. The biggest difference I've seen, 
us in Oakland, it was a passion and a lifetime. You could not have paid me enough money to buy my tickets to a Raider game. We only got eight of them a year. That's what you buy for. I just feel a lot of people in Vegas or even people here that bought season tickets did it more as an investment, as a passion, and that drives me nuts comes to sports that being said let's talk about the game a little bit i hear you about the bears game except for one thing jt we don't have the gruden drama swirling like we did that game i know i understand the thing about it being a trap game last week the raiders played like a team that had a weight lifted off its shoulders and all it had to do was concentrate on football and it's not a coincidence they came out and played their best game of the season that's not a shot at coach gruden that's a shot of getting rid of all the drama that the last week provided and what they need to do this week number one, Jalen Hurts. Listen, he's got he, he's an athletic kid, but he's inaccurate with the ball. And I'm not I don't get overly impressed by passing yards. Teddy Bridgewater threw for 330 against the Raiders. None of them came when the game was in doubt. That was sort of like the 380 game Jalen Hurts did. What you do with this kid, the linebackers don't need to get him, JT. They need to surround him and not let him beat him with their legs. Force him to beat him with his arm. And you do that, you force him to throw the ball, and you pick off two or three like you did in Teddy Bridgewater. Now, how do we do that? You come out and put the pedal to the metal, baby. You turn Derek Carr loose. You put up points early because the running game is not going to do that. The passing game is going to give you a two-score cushion, hopefully, which is going to force the Eagles into doing what they don't want to do, and that's making Jalen Hurts throw the ball. I'm not saying he's terrible, but he certainly doesn't scare me like a Mahomes or a Tom Brady. And if the Raiders get up on them by, you know, two or three scores like they did Teddy Bridgewater, I absolutely think they'll turn him over two or three times. And one more thing before I go, JT, I'd be remiss. NBA season opens tonight. I'll call you on the national show, give you my full breakdown. But the Warriors are coming, everybody. They're going to tread water until Clay gets back in January and February. And like Stephen A. Smith said this morning, who I respect NBA-wise as much as anybody, if Clay, and it's a big if, but with modern technology, it's pretty possible. If Clay Thompson is the old Clay Thompson, this Warrior team's not in the hunt. They're a favorite again. I think the Warriors, are, I think they'll be a top two or three seed. They'll probably lose some games without Clay that they should. But, but come March or April, this team's going to be loaded for bear when him and, and uh, Wiseman and those guys all get healthy. So watch out, everybody. You took your shots at the Warriors the last couple years. We're coming back again. Thank you, my friend. I will talk to you later. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks for starting us off. Is that it? Is that all I got today? Seven. 7- 0-2-3-6-5-9-2-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-
So he's not doing research. He doesn't know how to do research. He thought the world was flat, and he really did mean that. So he doesn't do any research on COVID-19. He just wants to be a justice warrior, and he, he thinks he's out on his own. 97% of the NBA is vaccinated, 97%. Adam Silver would like to get it to 100%. He can't do that if Kyrie Irving isn't vaccinated. But Andrew Wiggins got vaccinated because he looked at his checkbook. And saw some of the money. You know, when Chris was just talking about Philadelphia and as we're trying to figure out this game plan, it's incredible how close the stats are when it comes to defense. What I look at every week is defensive stats. And Las Vegas and Philadelphia are almost identical. It's scary. Vegas has given up 2,120 yards. Philly's given up 2,083 yards. Listen to this stat. Passing yards per game. The Raiders give up 222, Philadelphia gives up 211. And in rushing yards per game, the Raiders give up 130, and Philadelphia gives up 135. All of the stats defensively are separated by like 5 or 10 yards. The numbers are identical, identical defensively. So if you're having a love fest with the Raiders' defense, which you should because they're vastly improved under Gus, Philly's defense is the same. Identical. They're right next to each other in every category, in the big one. Raiders give up 24 points a game. Philadelphia gives up 25.3. So this is, these are the two same teams. The, problem, the, the, the strength of the Raiders is they have Derek Carr, who's playing at a Pro Bowl level and can dominate this game and bury Philadelphia if he plays the way he played in Denver. I don't think Jalen Hurts can do that. But Justin Fields didn't have to do that. He just managed the game, and they won that game easily. For those, the Raiders were never in the Bears game. Never in that game against the Bears. Bears came in and dominated. Philly, I don't think, can do that unless the Raiders throw underneath on third and 11 for four yards, unless the Raiders go three and out, unless the Raiders run it into a pile on second and 10 up the middle. I mean, things that we don't want to see anymore. Just throw. I mean, <laughs> Carr gave you a resume tape for the rest of his life on how to throw deep. And how to throw it over 25 yards. He just gave you the resume tape. Stay with the tape. That's all you got to do. Tony in San Antonio on Raider Nation Radio. Hey, hello, Tony. Hey, hello. How's it going? I'm Everything doing great. Good? Yep. What's happening? Awesome. Hey, you just nailed it on the, on the head, man. We got to throw it to run it. We run it when we want, but we got to throw it, man. And uh, every time we try to run the ball, it seems like we force-feed it. John Gruden was holding his back. Uh, as far as take on concerned, nothing with the personal stuff. And I was just wondering, what's up with Jaden White and Nicholas Morrow? Well, Morrow's going to be out for a while there. Appreciate it. And I don't have an update on White. I'll be talking to the coach coming up tomorrow. So I'll get a status over there at the Raiders on that. But, yeah, the Raiders got their linebackers going forward, and Morrow's going to be out a while, and I don't have an update on White. We'll find out what happened with him as he was put on injured reserve. So, Again, a player I was looking forward to seeing, but there's no re there's no need to call him up, even if he was available, getting K.J. Wright and Littleton and the starters that are here now and what they have with Kutkowski and the depth at that position. So I think the Raiders' depth chart is pretty good on defense now, considering other than the Morrow injury and the status of him going forward. Uh, let me get out to Fargo Raider. Fargo Raider, you're up next. Hey, JT. Thank you for taking my call. Yep. Uh, I just want to say I think one of the biggest keys to the game, like you had mentioned, was to shut down that middle of the field. In the center of our line, I feel like when we've been getting gashed the most mm -hmm. so far this season, 
So if we can get those guys inside on a couple stunts and uh, seal those edges so he can't go up to the outside, I think we could really limit what, what they'll be able to do on offense. And as far as our offense, if we can just continue to uh, these small adjustments on our play calling like we did last week, if we can keep the continuity on defense and offense, I don't see why we can't take that game. I'm not going to take them lightly because these are the games that we somehow find a way to lose. But I think that we have a great shot if we can just continue to play our ball and dominate and and uh, push the pace instead of letting them impose their will on us. Yeah, I would so I, I would agree. You Thank you. Me. Thank you. Appreciate what you do. Thank you. Jalen Hurts is the leading passer, obviously. He's playing all these games, six games. He's throwing it at 62.5%, 1,400 yards. He has eight touchdowns, four interceptions, been sacked 12 times. Hurts is the leading rusher. Jalen Hurts leads the Eagles with 300 yards rushing. Sanders at 270. So you got to stop Hurts from running the football. And then Devontae Smith is their best receiver. Clearly, he's got 27 receptions, but only one touchdown. Only one touchdown, and his longest reception this year is 37 yards. So keep him in front of you. Tackle him. And that's pretty much the offense for them. And they got rid of Zach Ertz, who had two touchdowns, and he's a possession guy. He's gone. So they have a couple of players that can make plays. But the problem is they they haven't established a run other than break down plays with the quarterback when the pocket breaks down and Hurts just takes off. That's what worries me a little bit about this game. The pocket's going to break down. Mad Max and Yannick Ngakwe are going to come around the edge, and Hurts is just going to take off, right? We all know that. That's the game. Hurts is just going to take off and run away, and then the linebackers are going to have to leave their area and go tackle. And if they're able to do that, I think the Raiders will win the game. But Hurts is better. I've seen Hurts play all his college games, a bunch of games. He is better than you think. He's a leader. He's a character guy. He's the perfect young quarterback in this league. It's just the fact that he plays in Philly, and Philly runs everybody out of town. Like, if he played in Carolina, or if Hurts was in Miami, or Hurts, say, ended up, uh, let me give you another example. If he was possibly in Detroit, he'd be their franchise quarterback for years. The reason why he's not going to last in Philadelphia is Philadelphia loves to run quarterbacks out of town. They did it to Donovan McNabb. They do it to everybody. So Hurts eventually is going to leave and, and go somewhere else and play better because Philly does not, does not make their players comfortable. They go from play to play, drive to drive, booing their quarterback. Eventually it wears on them. Hey, great crowd last night. Monday night football, doghouse inside Resorts World, the newest property on the Strip. There's not a bad seat at doghouse to watch the game. Sportsbook's right there. Incredible food and drink specials. They're giving away some great prizes. I'd appreciate it if you came to Resorts World in the next couple days, next couple of weeks, and see what you're missing. It's the jewel of Las Vegas, and we are inside for Monday Night Football. Doghouse Saloon, right there, Resorts World, Las Vegas. Jeff Sherman, Tom Flores is next, the Hall of Famer. Don't miss it. The way Ole, the way Ole goes is, you know, if someone needs a break or someone needs a second, you know, just we're we're gonna play football, and um, you know, I, I think that he just capitalized when he was in there. I think more than it was just we gotta get KD the ball. You know, um, we don't talk about 
that much in our room. Obviously, Waller's a factor, right, the Waller factor. But we're never like, we have to do this, we have to do that. We kind of just we just kind of see schematically and what we think is best for us, and we kind of just do that. And when guys are in, I mean, we had a couple guys. There was a play called for Henry that uh, Zay ran today, you know. And, uh, you know, that's kind of just that's kind of how Ole goes. You know, we're just going to play ball, and, um, you know, whoever's in, hopefully they capitalize. Ole is Greg Olson, Derek Carr, the captain and the quarterback. JT, back with you. Brought to you by our friends Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. The Hall of Famer, Tom Flores, kind enough to join us. And, Coach, I hope you and your household were celebrating a Raiders victory in Denver. Much needed, huh? Very much needed. And, uh, you know, everybody was kind of seemed like they were all holding their breath. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you, good things happen because uh, the team – uh, that was so impressive the way they reacted to the adversity that was in the air. And uh, I think you could tell the week before there was something going on during the game when mm-hmm. when they were playing Chicago. I just I looked at you know, I I really look at body language a lot, and there was some negative body language that game. So I, I you have to think that they the team felt something was going to happen that was not very good, and, and it did. And, but in the long run, maybe it will be good. Tom Flores joins us. I wanted to talk about the offensive stability with Greg Olson, John Morton, guys who have been with Derek Carr for this long. When you were an assistant under Coach Madden before you became the head coach and dealt with the offense all the time, you were comfortable, they were comfortable with you, that makes a big difference, right? Coach, with this transition to the offensive coordinator and Basaccia can count on Olson and his entire offensive team. Yeah, absolutely. It really helped me. It helped us. Uh, John trusted me. Uh, I was an assistant for him uh, for seven years, and and worked primarily with the wide receivers' passing game, but then then eventually with the quarterbacks, and uh, so it was a there was a trust factor, there was a confidence factor, and a scheme factor that didn't change. Uh, and when when the transition was made from Madden to me. Uh, it was a much smoother transition because I had been there. They knew me. The quarterbacks knew me. The team knew me. Tom Flores joins us. Coach, I would never compare anybody to Marcus Allen coming out of the backfield as a receiver, but Kenyon Drake got paid a lot of money, and he ran that wheel route, and he's a guy that can catch the ball. He was a big-time playmaker before he got to the Raiders. It was nice to see. What do you think about those screen passes that started working and the touchdown to Drake? That made a big difference. Well, I think yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, the uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, uh, advocate of throwing the ball to the uh, to the back, out of the backfield, down the field, not just in the flat area or in the backfield area, the one or two yard route. Put them up the field. Put them man to man on those linebackers. Uh, if the guy is able to do it, and we were very fortunate when I when I coached, I had Marcus. Marcus was about as good as there there was coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. And, and Drake uh, certainly was impressive the other day. And I, I liked what they saw. I liked what they they went right after it. They went right after uh, the... Broncos secondary and the Broncos secondary early in the game. Yep. Don't wait. There's nothing to say you have to wait. Coach, I want to stay with that. Is that something that you scheme up? For certain games, or when you had Marcus, you do it every game. You do it and let them let them try to figure out to stop it. If you got a back like that who can do it, just do it every game. Yeah, 
it every game. Do it, uh, you know, in the first quarter, second quarter, last quarter. Uh, you don't have to wait. You don't have to. There's nothing that says you have to set anything up. They've been watching you on film all week long, so there, there's nothing to set up unless you have a certain uh, special play. Mm-hmm. Then you might want to set that one up and, and gear up for it and tell, uh, tell your quarterback, tell uh, Derek, when you see this, don't hesitate. Go to it. You know what I really like? Mm-hmm. I really like the fact that they were getting the play to Derek a lot faster. Uh, he was breaking the, the huddle, and he was coming to the line of scrimmage. Had a lot more time to to let the uh, the other ten guys see what was going on before you snapped the ball. I think that was a big plus. Hall of Famer Tom Flores, coach on the defensive side. They go up against Philly. It reminds me a lot of the Chicago game because Philly's got a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts that likes to just run. That's what he does. If he doesn't find anybody open, he tucks and runs, and he's a big kid. He's built like a linebacker. When you add Millen and Rod Martin and all those great linebackers that would have to leave the play and get to the quarterback once the quarterback started to get loose, how do you prepare for that? What do you do in practice during the week when you're going up against a running quarterback like this one? Well, first of all, you make them aware of it. Uh, mm-hmm. You're, you're going to you're going to have plenty of meetings, meeting time where you can point out that, but you can't just neglect everything else. But you do make them aware of it, and you have to. The discipline becomes a big factor. That you stay in your lanes. You don't give them the big avenues to run down the field. Uh, there's going to be a time, and mm-hmm. he's going to hurt you. Uh, great players do that, but uh, don't give it to him consistently. Stay in your lane. Be disciplined. Stay in your lanes and and, uh, make him pay for it when he doesn't get out of the pocket. Tom Flores as we wrap it up. So now, Coach, it's different. It's 17 games. Seems like injuries are bigger than ever, and the Raiders are going into the bye week after that. How do you reward your players? What do you tell them on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday before a game heading into the bye week to give them extra time off to tell them, hey, you got a week off. You're going to go home to see your families. you got a bye week, but you got to take care of business first. Well, yeah, they know that. I mean, you know, you give them a give them a cookie, give them a crumb, <laughs> give, them, <laughs> give them something to look forward to. But first of all, let's get let's do what we have to do, and that's uh, we have to win on Sunday, play well on Sunday, and then we'll see what happens down the road. Coach, finally, what is life like in the desert? Is this the best month for weather? It gets hot in the summer. You're used to it. You travel a lot. You got ready for Canton. But how beautiful is it this morning when you get up with your wife, you look at those mountains, you get outside for a walk. Paint a picture for all of us. Well, it is beautiful. You wake up in the morning and the sun is shining and and, uh, the the air is fresh. Uh, You have coffee with your friends, read the paper. Uh, read good things for a change, uh, and uh, get ready for the uh, for the nice day, and that, that you can uh, relax and enjoy life. Uh, that's what life. That's why we live here because of the weather, because of the uh, the atmosphere. See you soon, Coach. Thanks for the time. All the best. You got it. All right, Tom, Tom Flores. How about that life? Hall of Famer. You wake up in Palm Desert, Palm Springs, and you look out at those Carmel Mountains and the golf course. If you saw the knock, if you saw the knock on the door, uh, I was going to ask him about David Baker, but I didn't want to get into that now. I want a coach to talk about football. That's what he wants to talk about and preparation and all that. But coach is living his best life. Spent a lot of time with coach the last year and uh, 
Man, he is just a gentleman. Just a pleasure and honor to have him on this radio show every other Tuesday. Renee in the Central Valley. There you go, Renee. What's happening? How's it going, JT? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. I got two points to make, JT. Mm -hmm. One is, all week I've been pissed, JT, since that that monologue you did post-game talking about what the league has done to us. And now here in Coach Flores, I think for motivation to get these guys to 5-2, and they need to pull NFL films, pull whatever, and show them the history of of Al Davis versus Pete Rozelle because 30 years later it feels just like that. And Sunday beating Denver was us flipping the double birds to the NFL. And to get to 5-2, and two, go in, stuff some birds, throw the ball deep, run it down their throat with Josh Jacobs, flip the double birds as we walk out of our stadium and go out into the night, and then go back and beat the next team and go into our bye week at 5-2 and two to tell them that the Raiders are here. And Raider Nation is pissed. Man, do you got a Raider nickname, man? You're good, man. I need guys like you. What's your Raider nickname? Raider Yosemite. Raider Yosemite. Hey, and I, I blame you and I blame <laughs> Roger Goodell because it's time for us to show up. It's time for Derek Carr to, to show that he is an MVP caliber quarterback. We've all known it, but it's time for the league to see those fingers fly high. All right. The guy wants everybody flipping everybody off. God, I'm trying to mellow out a little bit, man, on a Tuesday. You know, I'm trying to take the edge off of me. I'm trying to make more friends on the radio than less of them. Haven't been in DMs in a while. Bobby's been congratulating you. I've been very good lately, very well behaved. I can see the bye week here in front of me. Or maybe I've just seen the last two weeks. It's a good time to lay low and just do the job. Get to, new the, get to know the new head coach, who I'll interview on Thursday again. Jeff Sherman will join us from the Westgate. We'll take a look at the moving lines coming up. Paul Gutierrez next hour. And also we have a betting insider next hour, too, from Pro Football Focus. On where the Raiders stand. A beautiful day in Vegas and all around the country on Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Grimaldi's. Um, you know, Coach Basachi has been incredible, you know, my whole time in for the Raiders. You know, he uh he took me under his wing, you know, since I got there. You know, if I if I needed literally anything, like talking about life, talking about football, talking about, you know, anything, he uh, he was always there for me. So um, I can't say enough good things about him. You know, I'm just happy we got the win for him. Um, we just, we just got to go next week and, and be Philly. Mad Max, what a year he's having. JT, back with you, brought to you by Five Iron Golf. Inside Area 15, the simulators, the ability to drink and have food and play golf indoors. The only way I do it out here in Vegas. Jeff Sherman, kind enough to join us from the Superbook, the VP of Risk Management. Jeff, good to get to you on the night where the NBA opens. Let's take a look at NBA championship odds as it comes down to the Lakers and what we could see with maybe even the Warriors this year. Give us some of the favorites. Yeah, we're starting out with the Nets at 5-2, to two, even though they're going to be without Kyrie Irving for the foreseeable future. But uh, right behind them, the Lakers at 4-1. to one. We did have them at 7-2, to two, but I just raised them up yesterday. If you look at the point spread in tonight's game against the Warriors, we're playing in L.A., Lakers only laying 3.5. So uh, their spreads are not going to be too high at the start of the season. I think it's going to take some time for them to get some continuity. So you can see that reflected in their championship odds easing out. The Bucks and the Warriors are each at 7-1, and then after that we get up to double-digit teams. How difficult is it going to be to handicap Kyrie Irving in these individual games? 
If he doesn't get vaccinated, obviously they don't want him at all, not including the New York games, period, anything else out there. How do you take a look at Brooklyn long-term with this elephant of Kyrie in the room? Well, we really didn't do anything long-term. I mean, we adjusted their season win total down from 55.5 to 54.5. Their point spreads, obviously, in the upcoming games are about a point and a half, two points different with him out. But for their title odds, you know, there's two things. He could either change his mind at some point, and even if he doesn't, if things improve, they could relax on the mandate, and he can get back to playing based on that. So mm. we're not exactly jumping to conclusions for the title odds just because it's so far out. Uh, two of the value plays I see here right out of the gate, Jeff. Milwaukee, 7-1, to one, and then Phoenix, who played in the NBA Finals at 20-1. to one. Tell me about those two teams. Yeah, well, Milwaukee's been getting a lot of support. We opened them at 10-1, to one, and a lot of people think that they can repeat. And if you look mm. at the teams at the top, they're definitely, with what they did last year, they're going to be right there again. Phoenix were still sitting at 20 to 1 after opening them there. You know, they had a very fortunate path last year. In the first round, Anthony Davis got hurt. At the time he got hurt, they were a 6 to 1 underdog in that series. And then when they progressed, they played Denver without Jamal Murray, the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. So they really had a fortunate path last year. Jeff Sherman joins us from the Westgate. Before we get to NFL Super Bowl, Winners updated. I want to go to what happened last night with Buffalo. Take me through the Westgate last night when it was the fourth down and you knew he was going to try to sneak it there and he slips here. How did that change the game? In-game at that time, liability overall, a lot of the public, a lot of Buffalo Bills fans on the road there in Nashville. That was one hell of a game. Yeah, that was a, that was a large decision for us, especially when you looked at Sunday and the 10 a.m. games, you had the favorites go 7-0. And that really fed into everything in the afternoon all the way through Monday night. So we had liability on Buffalo just winning the game. And that was the only outcome that, uh, that would have been beneficial for us with, uh, was a Tennessee outright win. So a large swing for people. And, you know, the public's had a, a really solid two weeks in a row. We've had some of our, our worst weeks in a, in a few years. So public's been doing well, but they would have done even better if Buffalo had uh, won the game last night. Jeff Sherman's our guest. Let's go to Super Bowl odds. Tampa Bay 5-1, to one, but there's Kansas City again. And let's stop right now and talk about Kansas City and that number there, how you have it there considering some of the struggles they've had this year. Yeah, but the Chiefs always get support. We're mm-hmm. sitting at 7-1. We're as high as 8-1. to one, And, uh, you know, they come off a win in Washington. And, you know, they, they always get support. And so we don't need to be too aggressive even right. They would have lost that game. You might have seen them hit ten to one, but the Chiefs in double digits with Patrick Mahomes uh, all along the way. It's it's almost like the Lakers in the NBA. No matter how well they're playing or not, uh, they're going to get supported. So they're a team that we have liability on, and you're not going to see too large adjustments unless you start to see them falter a few games out of a playoff position. Jeff Sherman joins us. So let's go Arizona eight to one and the Chargers at sixteen to one. Chargers didn't show up in their last game. Arizona remains undefeated. Yeah, Arizona, it's been the, the public darling so far, and uh, along with Dallas, the way that they're covering spreads. And uh, the Chargers, you know, they had a tough game at Baltimore. It was a really tough spot for them, but that was one of the few that the house got because a lot of people were supporting the Chargers yesterday. Uh, Jeff, let's go to the Alabama loss, and now as they make their run back to a national championship game, Oklahoma, a couple of the winners last week, teams trying to get better here. Cincinnati, uh, let's jump into college football and what surprised you here over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, you have the teams that are holding the top spots. In Alabama, they're still number two in our power ratings, but I believe they're number four in the rankings, and they would be favored over those other teams around them, like you mentioned, Oklahoma and Cincinnati. And we'd have Georgia a small favorite over Alabama at this point. So it really goes Georgia, Alabama, and then you start going down the list at that point. But, you know, Oklahoma switching quarterbacks has mm-hmm. obviously been a big help. And 
you know, you're not going to see a switch back at this point. So we added the, the new quarterback to the Heisman odds at 30 to one right now. So, you know, one game under his belt as a starter and he's already uh, garnering support for that. Jeff Sherman Jones is from the Westgate. I know you were out at the summit to see some golf this past weekend. Now the Zozo Championship. I see Xander Shoffley, Morikawa. Pretty good field here. Fleetwood. Uh, Ricky Fowler played good. You saw that right in front of you. Any uh, other value plays here? I see Bradley at 35-1. to 1. Yeah, it's, it's a tough week. You know, Last week was a fantastic tournament out here in Vegas, and the field isn't nearly quite as well as it was last week coming in this weekend in Japan. You see a few of the guys heading over there, but it's uh, it's tough. The odds are really low on a lot of these guys because it's a short field again. Only 78 golfers involved. Um, I really haven't been involved in, my, in it myself yet. I mean, I know a lot of people are looking at Matsuyama mm-hmm. being from Japan. This is being played in Chiba, Japan. So we moved him from 14 to one down to 10 to one. Eased up Xander and Morikawa up to seven to one. So. Uh, it's it's the local support and even some of the, the guys that are playing the Japanese tour that are involved in this are getting some support. Finally, any outstanding tickets on the Red Sox to win the World Series back in April? Uh, nothing of note. I mean, they okay. weren't too well supported over the time because there were teams in front of them with Tampa and even the Yankees making their changes. and Nothing that really stood out as far as liability. They're actually our best position right now. Thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Always appreciate you at the Westgate. All right, thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman, fantastic that we give you the moving odds. We give you updates with him all the time. Bet with your wallet, not with your head, so you know what you're doing here. Jeff's one of the sharpest guys we have that we talk to. Look at you, Bobby, wondering about the Red Sox. How did you not How did you not throw 50 on your Red Sox at the start of the season to win the World Series? How did you not do that? What makes you think I didn't? Oh. <laughs> what do you think I've been talking about? We're in the money for the past two weeks. Oh, wow. So I, the, I got him at 9 to I put 50 bucks on him at 9 to 1 to win the American League like back in April. Nice. Absolutely. So you're playing with house money. At this point, absolutely. Just give me two more wins and I'm good to go. You're going to get it. I, I cannot believe it. Oh, and the Yankees signed Aaron Bleepin Boone to a three-year extension today. My head almost popped. I was walking the dog when I got that today out there at the gardens in Summerlin, and I looked down at my phone real early, and there it is. So I had to run to Twitter for whatever reason and say how much I despise that move. So the Yankees are bringing it back, Cashman and Boone. Again, they're getting nothing out of it, but they decided to bring it back. Dodger fans, remember, this is the type of year we're taking baseball calls. It's not just all football. If you're a Dodger fan, are you feeling the pressure coming into this game? Now you got games at home. Uh, Dodgers, it's a make-or-break game. If you go down 0-3, you're not the 2004 Red Sox. This is it. Make-or-break game for the Dodgers as the Braves are playing with house money. And Schwarber in that grand slam last night for the Red Sox was just incredible to see. I mean, Boston playing at a level. Every ball looks like a beach ball as they're hitting home runs left and right. Three and nothing to Schwarber. He kicks and he delivers. Swing. There's a long drive to right field. Deep toward the grandstand. Tucker looking up. It is gone into the grandstand. Grand slam. Kyle Schwarber. 6-0 Red Sox. Can you believe it? Yeah, I can believe it. I'm a Yankee fan. That's Red Sox Radio. We are brought to you by Modelo. Proud sponsor of the Raiders. Modelo is a Chris Pildner-style lager that sets the standard for authentic Mexican beer. Someone served me a Modelo this weekend in a non-Modelo glass. And I said, whoa, whoa, this is a Modelo. What are you doing here? I'm JT. I drink a bucket of Modelos on Friday. And they didn't make that mistake again when I had my second Modelo. 
Modelo for those with a fighting spirit. Uh, next hour, Paul Gutierrez, Raider Insider. We got a lot to catch up with him on.